welcome back to the 25-yard line. We are here for our last show of the fantasy football regular season. This I'm your host, crazy. Steve Johnson. Grant Freeman is here with me. Grant, fantasy football playoffs are almost upon us. How are you doing, my friend? This is crazy that in some leagues, this this is the make or break it week. Either you're uh, in yeah. or you're out. You're in or you are out. There, there are, for many players, this is their last week playing fantasy football for something. And again, it's it's still fun, it's you know, fun. to set your lineups, to win the consolation bracket and all that. But the for many fantasy football players out there, this is this is the week where yeah. if you don't win this week, your season's over. Maybe your season's already over, and for that, we thank you for stopping in anyway. <laughs> but we're assuming that anyone listening to us still has a chance at the playoffs right now. And if not, yep. hey, we love you, and we're glad you're here. But coming up today on the show, that's what we're talking about. We are talking about fantasy football playoffs. Now, why do this show a week early? Because for many people, it's already functionally playoffs. In a number of leagues, I am I am in such tight races right now, and I, I'm sure it's yep. the same for you, Grant, that th- this is playoffs for me. If I lose what, this week, I'm out. Where, if where, I win, our, I have a chance to be in or I'm, I'm guaranteed to be in. Yeah, in our, uh, in our Superflex League, um i am vying for a spot in that playoffs and it's down between me and one other person and it basically comes down to which one of us wins this week uh whether uh, or not are you, I make are you the playing playoffs. that person yeah we're playing each other nice um i i just i clinched a first round buy in that league so long ago that i haven't <laughs> been paying as close of attention as, uh, as some of my other leagues uh so that's what we're talking about today we're gonna get into fantasy football playoffs we're going to talk about some strategy. We're going to talk about some key matchups, how to set yourself up for success. And I'll give you a little spoiler that starts this week, even yeah. before the regular season is over. If you can set yourself up for success now, your chances of winning are far better. But before we get there, let's check in with some news of the day. Uh, this this week, there, there's some key news. This doesn't feel like a real heavy news week in the fantasy football world, but Elijah Mitchell's back in the concussion protocol. What can you tell yeah. us about the 49ers running back? Yeah, so I guess Monday experienced some concussion system symptoms. Um, he was already looked kind of questionable as he was dealing with some knee inflammation, but with the concussion, being in the concussion protocol, it looks like he is not going to be cleared come Sunday. Um, in regards to the Niners' backfield, I mean, Jamichael Hasty is hurt. Trey Sermon's on IR. It's basically comes to Jeff Wilson if he's healthy mm-hmm. <laughs> as well, or maybe you see Debo become a running back for a week. <laughs> um, well, I mean, is Debo going to play this week? Um, everything that Kyle Shanahan has said is that he's trending towards playing. And Brandon, no. <gasps> uh, my my uh, boy Brandon Ayuk needs him on the bench some more. Yeah, <laughs> we'll uh, see. But we'll yeah, see. that's a great point. The, if Debo starts those... at running back, he is startable in fantasy at the wide receiver position as a running back. Yeah, pretty much. Tony Pollard, doubtful for this Sunday with a foot injury. Anything to know about the Tony Pollard situation in Dallas? Yeah, he tore his plantar fascia uh on his 58 yard touchdown run uh last week 
um, which, I mean, you enjoy seeing that 58-yard touchdown run because it was so good, but you don't like that he tore his plantar fascia there. Locally, reporters are hinting that he's not going to play this week, and even Mike McCarthy has been very hesitant to say that he's going to play this week. It still is Zeke's job, but you're not really – I mean, Zeke's been having so much trouble that really – I mean, Ito Smith could potentially become an interesting play this week based off of how little success Zeke has been able to find this season. I disagree. I'm not playing. Ito I mean, Smith I'm not playing Ito Smith unless I'm in like a, for whatever reason, in one of these late bye weeks and I just need a body. There's other bodies. I mean, what's the over? What's the over under? Even if Pollard misses, what's what's the over under on him? Two points, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not worried about. it. I think if Pollard misses time, this bodes very well for Zeke, because Zeke, as you mentioned, has has not had a great start to the season. Uh, well, it's, it has not had a great season. We're done with start to the season. Not a great season. Uh, Zeke, Zeke's not been great this year. He hasn't been terrible, but he hasn't been great. And part of the reason, not not a you know. I'm not going to blame Pollard for it, but a part of the reason is definitely that, you know, Pollard has been relevant for a lot of the year. He has been getting enough touches. Zeke's still a top 10 running. I mean, you're still getting the value back. You probably drafted him as like the running back six and he's currently running back seven. So like, you're not mad at it. He's just like, you know, he hasn't gone off as much as you would have liked, especially late in the season, only one 20 point game since the bye. But with Pollard out, this is Zeke's job. Don't talk to yeah. me about Ido, Ido Smith. <laughs> no, this is Zeke's job. If if Pollard's not there, then I, I anticipate Zeke getting probably 90%, 95% of the backfield touches and super startable against a, a, a pretty solid Washington football team defense. But you're still, in terms of the run defense, their passing defense is basically Swiss cheese trying to stop yeah, right. a, a, a river. But, With the exception of Trayvon Diggs. Uh, sure. Um, who plays for the Dallas Cowboys? Oh yeah. <laughs> so you're not you're not worried about you're not worried about their passing game. But no, Zeke is Zeke is hundred percent startable, especially if Pollard misses. Yeah. Like not even startable because obviously he's startable, but he's a must start. The, yep. He he could be a weak winner without Pollard. Uh Darren Waller. Darren Waller has been upgraded from you know all the time that he's missed he's now day-to-day but he still has not yet returned to practice what are you hearing about darren waller's status for sunday uh he's because he hasn't put in a clean practice he's very doubtful for this sunday um realistically you probably should have been looking elsewhere already after last week and until you actually get some good news from them you're probably not starting him anyways. Even down the stretch here, you may be looking elsewhere. They got Kansas City this week, and then they got Cleveland, Denver, Indy, and the Chargers. All four of those teams have been very – have been good pass defense teams. Uh, yeah, I totally agree. I'm still starting Waller if he plays. He, he plays Monday this week. Uh, sorry, no, he's an early game Sunday. He's an early game Sunday. Yeah. So we're – you're going to know. So make a backup yep. plan. You will know before the rest of the games. 
And uh, if if he plays, I'm I'm for sure starting him. And with the Raiders, they've been the Raiders have been ruling him out by almost by Saturday every week. So yep. you should know by Saturday. Yep. And the Chiefs not been good against the tight end this season. Ranked 25th in terms of tight end yep. defense. Chargers are going through a mess. Speaking of, walk me through the COVID situation happening in the Chargers locker room right now. So Keenan Allen tested positive for COVID. He's one of the few people that's unlikely to play this week. When he tested positive, Mike Williams was deemed a close contact and had to quarantine for for five days. Um, He could return by tomorrow if he continues to test negative, which he has done thus far this week. Um, So realistically, what you're looking at is Keenan Allen, I is highly unlikely to play because they don't believe that he's going to clear the COVID protocol by Sunday. And Mike Williams, as long as he tests negative tomorrow, will be cleared to return and should play on Sunday. Mike Williams minus Keenan Allen could uh, could be a huge game. Yeah. Just huge, 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 Absolutely. huge. So keep an eye on that news. Daniel Jones dealing with yet another injury. Well, it's not even another injury. It's his neck again. Um, they don't expect it to be cleared for contract contact this week. Um, they don't believe that his neck injury is season ending, but they also haven't ruled that out yet. Uh, Mike Glennon is in the concussion protocol, but they're expecting him to clear that and be able to play on Sunday for their game. If not, it's Jake Fromm's job, which you probably weren't starting a ton of giants anyways, but you're probably even less likely to start them outside of Saquon Barkley because what else are they going to do other than run? What a prolific list of players. (laughs) Speaking of prolific players having, uh, having prolific seasons, talk to me about Julio Jones, the wide receiver 94. Yeah. Right. Uh, Julio Jones is designated to return this week. The Titans are expecting him to play. I mean, realistically, Hopefully, this helps out Ryan Tannehill um, as they play Jacksonville this week. Um, It should maybe provide a little bit of assistance to the run game as well, just having that deep threat in Julio out there. But the Titans have been such a train wreck since the injuries that it's, 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 they're finding it very hard to write the ship. Hopefully, the bye week allowed them to get some confidence back and they can come out swinging, but you're going to have to monitor this team very closely down the stretch. So hear me out here. Mm -hmm. Julio Jones is going to be the only part of the passing game. Is he, is he startable? He, he, he will be the, if he plays like they've had no one to throw it to. They get Jacksonville this week. Yeah. Is is Julio startable this week? I would almost play Westbrook Ikine over Julio. Uh, all right. All right. I think you're crazy, but I'm not going to fight you on it. I think if you're in a situation where... You 
absolutely need to win, and I'm choosing between those two guys, it's Julio. You need to win, and you're out. Maybe Jalen Waddle, Michael Pittman were were guys you were leaning on, and you don't have either of them this week, and you, you have to win. I am much more comfortable starting a guy who has had a long history of fantasy success when healthy, Mm -hmm. who appears to be healthy right now. And AJ Brown is not there. Yeah. And Tannehill is competent enough of a quarterback. It's not Mike Glennon throwing you the ball. Yeah. Well, last but not least teams on by this week, we've referenced it a few times. We have the Colts, Dolphins, Patriots, and Eagles on by you and I were talking before the show, and this feels to me like a bye week where a lot of your starters may be out, but there's really only a few studs. Like, you're missing yeah. Jalen Hurts, which is a bummer. You're missing Jonathan Taylor, which is a huge bummer. Yeah. Week, <laughs> The last week of the regular season. If Jonathan Taylor is, is your running back, you probably already have a playoff spot clinched. Yep. But if you don't, this is not the week to have him gone. But then, there, like, Jalen Waddle has been hot for the last few weeks. But you didn't draft him to be your wide receiver one. So, hopefully, yeah. you've already got a Justin Jefferson-type player on your team. And so, yeah, like, missing guys like Michael Pittman, missing guys like Jalen Waddle, um, Mike Gesicki, that's not yeah. ideal, but... None of these guys the were worst. really drafted as superstar top end talent anyway. Jonathan yeah. Taylor was was borderline top ten. But if you got Jonathan Taylor in your draft, you probably also got like a Nick Chubb or Aaron Jones type player with them. So you yep. shouldn't be hurting that bad this week. And if you are, then then we are very sorry and you should have planned better. Yep. Yep. Uh, all right. Well, let's move on to our standout player of the week. This is where Grant and I will each highlight a player from the previous week's action who went above and beyond and lit up the gridiron. And this week, my standout player of the week for week 13 is my boy, Kyler Murray, quarterback, Arizona Cardinals, back from his injury in bad weather, dumping rain in Chicago. It was cold. It was uncomfortable. It was windy. And Kyler Murray coming back with all the reports that maybe he wasn't 100%, that he was going to be limited, that he wasn't going to be able to really, really go off. 11 of 15 for 123 and two touchdowns through the air. And then where he really got his value going was 10 for 59 and two touchdowns on the ground, 30.82 fantasy points. What impressed me most about him in this game is that I totally agreed with the reports. Watching him play, he was not 100%. But Kyler Murray at like 85% is still such a ridiculous athlete. <laughs> Even on his rushing touchdowns, he was not he was not full on sprinting the way we've yeah. seen him do in the past. He was kind of hobbling faster than most human beings run. Anyway, he was outrunning guys without really fully striding. He the Cardinals, when Kyler Murray went down, were the best team in the NFL. Now that he's back, I, I I don't see any way that that doesn't stand again. They had a very soft matchup in the Bears defense, so I I will be watching him going forward. But for the time being, he is the quarterback that you drafted him to be and will continue to be that quarterback. He gets the Rams this Monday night, which should be a great game, so temper your expectations in terms of scoring. But 
that's that's not stopped him in the past. 22 yep. points last time he played the Rams this season yeah. when they were playing their best football. Grant, give me your standout player of the week for week 13. Yeah, give me my boy George Kittle. Um, finally returned and looking healthy. Uh, nine catches on 12 targets for 181 yards and two touchdowns. Um, got you a healthy 39.6 fantasy points. This is the Ooh. George Kittle that we've been waiting to see this season, and we finally got it. We finally got it. Everything, the ankle looked good, was not having any trouble with with the runs. He was taking the big hits um, that, he likes, that he likes to take. And really... Even on just just looked had an overall solid game. Uh, I mean, that first touchdown that he had just managed to just fake the coverage out and ended up in just a in a beautiful soft spot. So for a little little over the top pass from Jimmy G. Um, this is the George Kittle that you probably drafted and were hoping to get, and you are loving that he put that game together this week. Great matchups going forward as well. Worth noting, he's got. He has five touchdowns in five games since coming back from the injury. Yeah. He had one dud in there week 12 at home, Minnesota, but that whole game was kind of a dud yeah. and he, uh, he's had a touchdown in every game outside of that, including two this past week. So Kittle going forward, no shines of slowing down does have Cincinnati this week, which is not a matchup that you super love, but it's also not the scariest thing in the world. Yep. And it's smooth sailing from there until you hit week 18 at the LA Rams. Hopefully your league doesn't go to week 18 anyway, but a lot of them do, but maybe you'll have it locked up by then. Yep. Let's move on to our main topic of the day, winning your playoff matchups. Yeah. We're going to go through a couple key tips and tricks that we think can help you win your playoff matchups. This is not rocket science. If you've made it this far, you probably have some knowledge of what you're doing here. And so the the biggest thing that we can encourage you in is just lean on that knowledge, lean on the success that you've had. Yeah. Don't try to get crazy, which we will get into. But before we get there, prep for the playoffs now is our first piece of advice. Prep for the playoffs now. So look ahead to key matchups that you're going to see. If you have a lineup, I, I feel like unless you just drafted well and knocked it out of the park, for yeah. me, there there's always that like one lineup spot that I bounce between a few different guys, maybe at my flex spot, maybe my yeah. my wide receiver two. I, my RB two. Right. I play matchups. I have yep. the rest of my positions kind of covered. They're locked in. They don't move a whole lot outside of injury. But look ahead at key matchups early on. Now, look at those players, and if you're looking, yeah. if you've got a bunch of players in that category and there are some matchups that look really difficult, then it's not too late to go start looking at the waiver wire because I guarantee you yep. when you hit week 16, there are going to be a million waiver columns written about the players you need to add that week that have the best playoff matchups, and by that point, everyone in your league is going to be going for the same player. So look out now. Grant, looking ahead at some of these matchups, are there any matchups that are jumping out at you as being particularly dangerous or particularly soft as you're heading into the fantasy football playoffs? Well, looking just immediately, I mean, Arizona's got a pretty pretty nice playoff schedule. They get Detroit mm -hmm. week 15. You don't like Indy in week 16, but then you get Dallas and Seattle in 17 and 18. Mm -hmm. I mean, Dallas has been hit and miss. They've got 
they've got one corner in Diggs who's been solid this season, but outside Life of that, now. but outside of that, have has not looked good. Detroit, you just have to pick a style of game and run with it, and you can pretty much dominate. Um, as we've seen, unless you're the Vikings, apparently. Um, and then obviously Seattle has been, the defense has looked nowhere near, anywhere close to what you've been liking, what you would like to see out of them. Um, so Arizona down the stretch is going to be, is going to be a good, uh, team to watch. Um, another one that I really like is the Chargers. Um, they're going to get Kansas City, Houston, Denver, and Vegas. Um, the Chargers play their division tough and they go for it um so you see even in division games that should be tougher matchups for them the chargers seem to really excel and really um look good in so i like that a lot down the stretch for them because they're and especially because they're probably going to be fighting for a playoff spot um Mm -hmm. down the stretch so they're going to be putting everything putting all their chips on the table to make sure as for you want to know a deceivingly good before you move on to teams that you don't like you want to know a deceivingly good playoff schedule is Minnesota, yeah. I think. They the it, it's kind of 50-50 yeah. here because they have Rams, uh the Rams in the middle and they have Green Bay in in they, week uh week 17, but it's bookended with Chicago, yeah. man. And uh, like I love the Bears. What I do not <laughs> love is watching our defense. Now, our run defense has been very good. So, yeah. I I I'm not in love with the running backs, especially with Dalvin Cook's injury and all that. I'm not feeling great about yeah. that. Obviously, you're starting him every week. But Justin Jefferson, especially with Adam Thielen going down, which we left out of the news section, it's just occurring to me. Right. Adam Thielen missing time. It, it looks, it looks like this is the Justin Jefferson show. He might yeah. average over those games, and I, with, with we'll, we'll get into this in a second. But looking at a lot of leagues, do these two week playoff matchups, so you can use that to your advantage with a schedule like this, where you have Chicago and L.A. So maybe he puts up 23 to 28 points against Chicago and then puts up 10 points against against the Rams. You're still averaging wide receiver one numbers there. Yeah. And, you know, he does that twice between those, puts up two great games at Chicago. All he needs is one game to beat the projection, which we all know Justin Jefferson has been known to do in his short career so far. If anyone's going to burn defenses that don't deserve to be burned why not justin jefferson right so I, i'm loving those matchups there i'm loving kirk cousins for all the same reasons if justin jefferson is going off kirk cousins is probably having a good game too yeah all right go back to what you were saying before i cut you off give me some matchups that you are particularly nervous about going into playoffs yeah one of those matchups is going to be baltimore uh they get green bay since he uh, the Rams and Pittsburgh um, in Baltimore has had some trouble down the stretch here. Um, not looking, not really firing on all cylinders. And you, you've got two out of the four teams in there with tough defenses in the Packers and the Rams. And mm-hmm. it's, they're going to have a, they're going to have a tough go at it um, down the stretch here. Mm-hmm. As for yep. another team, um, I guess another team really that's going to probably have some trouble will be uh, potentially be um, of course now I've lost it oh Indy mm-hmm. the first two weeks of the playoffs they get New England and Arizona 
Oh, both yeah, of those, dude. those both of those defenses have been super, super tough. Outside of maybe Jonathan Taylor, mm-hmm. you're not starting it. You're probably not starting anybody else. Um, yeah. I mean, I that. feel like you have to start Michael Pittman, but you do not feel good. You about do not it. feel good. No. Um, yeah. So Good news England, is that if you make it through that, he gets Las Vegas and Jacksonville, and Jacksonville. which you feel better about. Yeah. But so yeah, that's if, that's brutal. Yeah, if you, New England, you Arizona, have to make it, back you to have back. to make it through the first two weeks to yeah. to to really get to really be able to capitalize on it. Yeah, you need to also Michael Pittman, Justin Jefferson. You're looking okay, Michael yeah. Pittman, and uh, and and a lot of other guys. You're not you're not worried about it. Not to keep beating the Justin Jefferson uh, a drum here, but he has one multi-touchdown game this season. Do you know who it came against? Was it against the Packers? It was against the Packers a week 11. Yeah. They are getting Jair Alexander back, so that changes things. But the point stands. Yeah. Any other matchups you're looking at that are particularly dangerous? Uh, I think just one more that you may have to pay attention to is Buffalo. They get mm-hmm. Carolina and New England the, f- yep. the first two weeks. Both of those yep. defenses have played tough this season. Again, you're going to have to. I mean, well, we we saw this last week against New England in uh, in Buffalo. Yeah, that yes. If you if you wanted to, if you wanted to watch a a snoozer game, that was that was probably one of them. Um, but yeah. So can I can I tell you my experience with that game? We're referencing the Monday night game, New England Buffalo. Yeah, where Mac Jones attempted three passes. So it that game one. was so exciting. That I I genuinely fell asleep on the couch watching it, and when I woke up, the game was over. I saw the final score. I was like, whatever, all right. So I like started, you know, getting ready for bed. Pull out my phone just to see where final scores ended up. I didn't have much stake in that game. I already knew which matches I had won and lost last week going into it, and I I pull it out and I see I see Mac Jones's score, and I was like, that's not correct. Like the apps, <laughs> the apps must just be glitching. They haven't loaded yet. So I. I, I, you know, quit out of my app, went there, went, had to go to another platform to look up the box score. Cause I was like, dude, the fantasy scores aren't updating because it's yeah. showing Mac Jones one for three. Nope. That's the real number. I, uh, I lost a, lost a game this week because, uh, Dawson Knox got one more point than Cole Beasley did. Woof. Woof. Yeah. Were you on the Knox or Beasley side of of that start? I was on the Beasley side. Well, there's I your had problem. Beasley. You just don't start I Cole had... Beasley, and you don't have to worry about this. Well, yeah. You listen, yeah, yeah. listen to my advice, Grant. If you don't start Cole Beasley, you don't have to get burned by Cole Beasley. If there are players to get burned by, should not be named Cole Beasley. <laughs> if I'm starting Jonathan Taylor and he burns me, I feel better about it. All right, but yeah, you yeah. you start Cole Beasley, you're gonna get burned more than more than you're not. Um, as for one more matchup that I am not particularly pleased about coming in, uh, Seattle, they got the Rams in week 15. You like mm. Chicago and Detroit in the middle, but then you got Arizona on the back end. I mean, you're going to be, you're going to be fighting for points from DK Metcalf in those weeks. Yeah. And this is the, the Chicago defense is bad. I mean, Jalen Johnson has played well Yeah, and, I guess I feel better about the Seahawks. I mean, that could be a Tyler Lockett game. Maybe, yeah. maybe Jalen Johnson 
hurts Metcalf a little bit, but I just feel like like I yeah. just feel like Metcalf is a better player than Jalen Johnson. As much as I love Jalen Johnson, I, I but you're right. Rams and Arizona are two of the toughest defenses, and mm. and they're gonna see a lot. They're gonna see they're gonna see a lot of good corners. Yeah, they're gonna see a lot of good linebackers in there. So you're not excited about that. Well, let's move on to uh, their next step of of prepping for the playoffs. And this one, this one you should already have, but it's worth it's worth noting again. Make sure all your key players are handcuffed. Yeah. Uh, what do we mean by handcuffs? It means get get their backup. Get their yeah. backup. If you have Dalvin Cook, Alexander Madison is your guy. If you have Damian Harris, even who has you know come out of the woodworks this season to be solid. Ramondre Stevenson needs to be your guy. If you have Aaron Jones, you need to have AJ Dillon. These are this late in the season. Most of the handcuffs are already picked up, but it's worth scouring the waiver wire. I hope you drafted them, but this is the time. How do you navigate grant heading into playoffs? How do you navigate keeping I'm a wide receiver hoarder in fantasy. And I know you have a similar, similar roster construction mentality (laughs) as me. We hoard wide receivers because there are so many with high upside. How, how do you balance having a player? Let's use Russell Gage, for example, who on any week is a startable player. He's the number one receiver in his offense. He's been fine. He has not been lights out. He has not been terrible. He he's just been there for your team. If you need to slot him in, he's one of those guys I've been using as a matchup dependent wide receiver three or four for my team, yeah. filling him in in the flex at the running back wide receiver position. Whatever I'm doing, how do you balance having a player of that caliber versus having a handcuff for some of your players? So I, I'm in a league. I have I have Joe Mixon. So yeah. if my roster construction is making me decide between Russell Gage and Samaje Pirine, or if I have Antonio Gibson, I'm deciding between Russell Gage and um, and JD McKissick. How how are yeah. you balancing that? Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where I think the the handcuff becomes more important than the receiver with high upside, because at the end of the day, you're the receiver with high upside is still a flyer that you're taking a chance on. And you you have to be you have to recognize that come the playoffs, you need you can't afford to take a chance on a guy with high upside. Sure, during the regular season, you can slot those guys in, play matchups, try to get points out of them, usable points out of them. But when you get to the playoffs, you have to be looking for all the points that you can get, which is where a handcuff becomes much more necessity uh, much more of a necessity for you than just having a receiver with high upside because all it takes is one injury one injury to your to your running back and then you're without a solid starter for mm-hmm. potentially the remainder of the playoffs yeah i i completely agree we're talking guys like russell gage we're talking guys like, like um, michael gallup yeah gallops in that category too even like chase claypool yeah uh, this pains me to say, uh, but even Brandon Ayuk. <laughs> this is the caliber player that we're talking about. Ooh, would you put Jerry Judy in that category? I think I, I might. I think yes, but it's it's tough to put him into that category. Uh huh. It is. It is. Yeah. I don't, so these I don't are guys. Feel good about putting him in that category. 
We're talking about low end wide receiver threes and worse. You're you're not you're yeah. not dropping Hunter Renfro. No. Right. This is the this is the caliber that we're talking about here. Yep. Even even like I I would rather have Darnell Mooney than a handcuff. And you know I'm higher on Darnell Mooney than most people in America. Yeah. And I'm comfortable but, with that. But Darnell Mooney has proven that he's more than just a wide receiver with high upside. He's yep. been the guy this season for the Bears. Sure has. He's been my guy. I love you, Darnell, if you're listening. <laughs> he's not. Get your handcuffs. Get your handcuffs. This is important because a player like Russell Gage may assist in a championship. What will lose you your championship is if Joe Mixon goes down and you don't have Samaj P. Ryan. If yep. Antonio Gibson goes down, you don't have J.D. McKissick. Dalvin Cook tries to come back from his injury, comes back too soon, ends up being done for the year, and you don't have Alexander Madison. That's how you lose your league. That's how you lose your league. Dropping Russell Gage too early, and then he ends up going off in fantasy playoffs, that's a bummer if that happens to you. But the likelihood of that happening with all of these players of Gage and Claypool going off, and like, I'd rather have the handcuffs. Realistically, you're going to see maybe four to five of those players go off. The rest will maybe get you six to eight points. And it's also really good to look at the matchups for your team and try to just conceptualize a tentative starting lineup throughout playoffs. Like, look at who would I even be starting in week 15, 16, 17, 18? Because I think you'll realize that a lot of these guys won't even see your starting lineup anyway. So if you're going to have someone who's not going to see your starting lineup no matter what, wouldn't it be better to have someone who can at least fill in when necessary? Yeah, exactly. So I have a really important question for you. This is the last last kind of bullet point in the prepping for the playoffs now before we move to our next <laughs> our next tip. I want your input on this. I have strong feelings on this. It seems like the internet is relatively torn. I see a lot of questions about this on, yeah. on Reddit, on the fantasy football pages that I'm a part of there. Is it collusion to throw your week 14 game to get a better matchup in the fantasy playoffs. Let me let me frame it to you this way. Um, I've got I've got a real life situation here. So I I in in our super flex league, yeah. I have uh, I have the first round bye. I clinched it. Yep. My my division is very tight among all teams except for me. I have a five game lead going into this week, so I feel very good about my chances <laughs> of yeah. winning the division. <laughs> I clinched it a couple weeks ago. And I'm not playing in the first round of the playoffs. Yep. I'm looking forward to later in the playoffs, though. One of the team, the team I'm playing this week, my game has no consequence to me. If I lose by 150 points, I'm still the one seed. I still have a first round by. If he loses, he has a chance of missing playoffs. If he wins, the seeding gets all over the place. It gets crazy. If I, and I, I, I mean, I'll say it now, I'm not throwing that game because he's a dear friend of mine that I just want to beat for bragging rights, <laughs> so I'm not going to do it. But if I were to decide, you know what? I would rather play his team in the playoffs. Yeah. Plus, he has a great team, and I don't want to play against him later. Yeah. So I'm going to try to stomp him now. But if I decide, you know what? He's got some injuries he's dealing with. I would like to play him in the playoffs. I'm going to start my worst possible roster. 
I'm going to lose this game on purpose. Let him win. That would increase the chances of a team like you not making playoffs. Yeah. And give, you know, essentially give him a free pass into the playoffs. Is that collusion? Are you allowed to do that? I believe that that if there is conversation actively happening between the two owners of the teams, then yes. But if it's just you and your own decision just being like, I don't need to win, I like I would hope that you would at least still try to put together a good lineup, but I'm not going to fault you if you don't. I totally agree. I think there I think there is a word for it. You know what that word is, Grant? Yeah. Strategy. Yep. It's giving yourself the best chance to win later. And you're totally right. Yeah. If he texts me and is like, "Hey man, like you don't need to win this game. Why don't you lose and let me in? Maybe maybe I'll give you 20 bucks or something. Maybe maybe yeah. next season I'll I'll give you I'll give you the benefit of the doubt on a trade I don't love <laughs> that you offer me." You know, work on start doing some under the table dealings like that. That's where you get into some dangerous territory. And if that's yeah. the case, I would call it collusion. And you you would take action, whatever that looks like in your league, against both of those owners, whether it's forfeiting draft picks or whatever punishment you have. But if I'm just looking out there and I'm going, you know what? I don't want to play Grant's team later, and I can be a part of keeping him out of playoffs. I don't mind playing Caleb's team. So let him in. I'll just beat him later in the playoffs yeah. on my way to a trophy. I think that's totally fine. Totally fine. Now, you're, the caveat I have here is that I always believe in fielding a, a, a starting lineup. You can't just bench all your players. Yeah. Yep. You can start your worst players. You can, you can start Trevor Simeon <laughs> just in <laughs> case Taysom Hill goes down if he's on your team. But I do believe that you have to field a starting lineup if possible. Yeah, without a doubt. Which it should be possible if you already have playoffs clinched. Yep. Uh, what about, because there, there's an obvious, okay, but what about, as an aside to that question, as a follow-up to that question, what if you're out of the playoffs and you just don't like someone? Oh, gosh. I mean... What if you just want to watch the world burn? What if you just want to mess with people? You're like, you know what? Like, I'm going to let this person into the playoffs. Here's where I would would issue some caution. If you are the type of person that would do something like that, just know that you, am, may, be, you. you may be pushing somebody who maybe is new or um, getting into the fantasy football world. Like, potentially could be pushing them out with a decision like that yep yeah i think that is a messed up thing to do again those, i don't, those are I don't where, think it's those collusion. are where friendships go to die unfortunately uh-huh yeah i i believe that that is against the spirit of fantasy football and you you shouldn't do it um now okay so here's the here's the the sub point sub point we could do a whole episode on this strategy <laughs> <laughs> i have many thoughts draft picks if you are in a dynasty type situation where yeah. finishing lower in the standings gives you a better draft pick for next year. Are you okay with throwing a game? Like if you're looking at the difference between like the fourth pick and the fifth pick, 
you know, the fourth pick is better. Can you throw yeah. a game to get a better draft pick next season and say, you know, yeah, maybe I'm messing with playoffs, but I'm also looking forward to the future for my team and I'm doing what's best for my team. Sorry if I mess with your playoffs. I mean, I think that's where it, I think that's where a distinct difference comes into play because in a dynasty league, there's a little bit different of a, of a mindset with that. Obviously you should always be trying to play your best and get, the best opportunity but if you recognize that yeah. you're out then obviously there's still an oper- there's still the ability to play for a better draft pick which i think i i'm fine either way i agree with you i agree with you the most important thing is to just be aware of what your league's rules are on this we we actually yeah. in our league constitution in in our one dynasty league that i'm the commissioner of in our league constitution, it's written that you are allowed to tank for better playoff seating and uh, for looking for, for favorable playoff seating. Uh, it's, it's totally legal. Just field a starting lineup. Field a starting lineup. Yep. All right. Let's move through these next couple a little bit quicker. That was a, that was a big one because prep now is the most important thing. But here we go. Get your facts straight, man. Tip two, yep. get your facts straight. What do you need to be looking for as you're heading into playoffs? Grant, give us give us two key facts that you need to be aware of as you're looking yeah. at the playoffs. So the biggest one is knowing what your playoff situation looks like. So whether or not – and the biggest thing is some leagues are going to have one-week matchups. Um, typically, you'll see um, if you're doing – like a standard 10 team league, you'll typically see a two week match, a one week matchup. If you are having six teams in the playoffs where you see Mm -hmm. something different is when you get to like a two week matchup, which typically is when only four teams make it to the playoffs. So what you have to pay attention to there is the fact that if you get the one week matchup, obviously you're going to have it's, it's one and done. There's, you have to put uh-huh. out your best lineup. You have to do whatever you can to win that week or else you're you're out. With a two-week yep. matchup, there's still a, a potential for a comeback. So let's say you're one of those people that maybe ends up losing, losing, I put that in quotation marks, the week one matchup, mm-hmm. but only by maybe 10 or 15 points. Like that's a difference that you can make up in a week very easily. Oh yeah. Um, so that's where you are then playing for the second week where you recognize that this is now everything on the line. I have to do whatever I can to mm-hmm. make sure I can come back through come back from that deficit and win to get into my championship. And even if you get steamrolled in the first half of your two week playoff matchup, like there's always a chance you can steamroll the other team the following yeah. week. That's happened to me before. I remember yep. one year, this was years ago, I was down like 60 points after the first week, and I was like, well, like that was a good season. It's over for me. And I ended up, they, they had some key injuries, and I just had players go off and ended up winning by like 10 points. It, yeah. it can happen. Is it common? No. No, but it but can happen. It can happen. All right, Grant, give me your second fact that you need to know going into playoffs. Yeah, you just need to pay attention to what your opponent's team is like. So mm-hmm. you'll see teams where maybe they're stronger quarterback, wide receiver, and you're stronger running back, tight end, things like that. Like 
it, it's it's a matter of looking at the matchups and seeing where you can capitalize to get the most amount of points possible. So let's say that mm-hmm. you maybe won't be able to match that person on because they've got like a Josh Allen or a Patrick Mahomes. Like where can you make up those points elsewhere? Maybe it's by having a guy like Jonathan Taylor or an Aaron Jones as a running back, somebody who can really almost essentially counter whatever punches you're going to get from your opponent's team. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, I totally agree. And this is also how I balance boomer bust decisions in the playoffs where I would generally stay away from boomer bust players. I call this the Tyler Lockett rule. I want no part of Tyler Lockett if I'm in the playoffs. He is the exact type of player I want to avoid because in the fantasy football playoffs, you can't can't handle a bust. You need high floor, low variance players so that you you can guarantee yourself as many points as possible. But if you're end up against if you're ending up against a team that is significantly better than you and and you realize that early, yeah. that's when you need to throw a Tyler Lockett out there because throwing out a, a player whose ceiling is a lot lower, if all of your players average an okay number of points, you know you're going to lose. You need to throw some Hail Marys and you yeah. need to get you need to get Tyler Lockett type players to just put up as many points as you possibly can, because maybe they all go off at once and you win a game you shouldn't have won, which happens every year. So it's good to be aware of that. If you're playing against an evenly matched team, you're relying on them to do something like that, relying on them to make mistakes. And you just create a situation where you have as low variance as possible. You start your high floor players and you, you get, the amount of points you were supposed to get. And if they don't have players go off, you win that matchup every time. So know what your opponent's team is like. Know when you're starting your boom or bust players. Speaking of starting players, the uh, next fantasy football playoff tip, start your studs. This is, this is something that we say all the time, all the time. Start the players that got you there. Your team got you to the playoffs. Yep. That's a good thing. If your team can get you to the playoffs, your team can get you through the playoffs. Start your studs. So here, here's my question to you. How do you balance? How do you balance matchups? We just spent a bunch of time talking about matchups that you like, matchups that you hate. We talked about some players that were not super stoked, like DK yeah. Metcalf. We're not super stoked on DK Metcalf's playoff schedule. Does that mean you're thinking about benching DK Metcalf? How at what point do these matchups come into play when you're making sit start decisions with your lineup? I don't think that you're benching them immediately off the bat. I believe that you're starting your studs at least in week one. And then if for whatever reason something happens with the team that it, it, I mean, realistically. Your studs are the guys who got you there. Through thick and thin, they were the ones that got you the points week to week, got you into the playoffs, were the, were the guys who made sure that you are now in a position to win. You have to continue to trust them. I mean, sure, some of those like stud wide receiver twos, running back two guys, maybe you um, kind of take flyers on there, but like – your quarterback, your wide receiver one, your running back one. Like, these are the guys that you have slotted in through thick and thin, no matter the matchup. And that's why that's why they're your number one guy. 
So where where's the line for you here? I, I, I totally agree with everything you said. Um, let's simplify this for the listeners. Yeah. What's the line? At what point do you do you start allowing? Because obviously you're looking at matchups so that you can manage your expectations based on a player. But at what point do matchups actually affect your sit-start decisions? Because DK Metcalf is not getting benched in the fantasy football playoffs. Yeah. I don't care who he's playing. I don't care yeah. what who his quarterback is. DK Metcalf is not getting benched in the fantasy football playoffs. Yeah. At what point do you hit a line where you're actually allowing that to impact your sit-start decision? I think potentially guys outside the top 30 at their position. Top 30? Okay. Uh, no, 25. Top 25. All right. At their position. I'm cool there. I, I mean, I'm going to say, I'm just going to say, it's your wide receiver three. Yeah. It's your running back yeah. 2.5. If you... You're starting your your best running back, depending on your draft strategy, depending on how, how your team is constructed. You yeah. probably have, between the wide receiver and running back position, four weekly starters, whether that's one running back or uh, but whether that's one running back and yeah. three wide receivers or vice versa, two of each, whether you have two running backs, blah, blah, blah. All right, you, you probably have four starters, assuming health on your team. That fifth yeah. player is where I'm allowing matchups to decide that Christian Kirk is an example for me of a guy that I have on a lot of teams that I am in the playoffs in right now yep. where Christian Kirk, I'm going to start him in good matchups. I'm going to look elsewhere in bad matchups. That's the caliber player that I'm talking about here. Even Darnell Mooney, I think is in that same category as Christian Kirk, where he's a guy that I have a lot of shares of. Yeah. I literally have Darnell Mooney in every single league I'm in and in a good matchup, I'm starting him in a bad matchup. I'm probably shying away and looking for someone else in that, that fifth player slot. Obviously, injuries affect that number, but start your studs that are in the top, depending on the size of your league, top 20 to 24 at their position. And once you get outside of that position group, that's where matchups, at least for me, start coming into play. So last but not least, this is this is probably a quick one. Know when to throw a hail mary. Let's 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 stick with the metaphor for a second here. Yeah. When an NFL team has the ball on their own five yard line, is that an appropriate time to throw a hail mary? Assuming Aaron Rodgers is not your quarterback. No. No. You got to get the ball up a little bit if you want a chance. Obviously, sometimes yeah. there's a second on the clock. You try to do it. But that's why you see when teams are inside their own 20 and there's three seconds on the clock, you see them do these weird lateral plays and try to use yeah. the running back if they're trying to score a point, uh, score a touchdown at the end of the game to extend the game, force overtime, win a game at the last second. It's not really until you start closing in on your own 40-yard line that you start throwing a Hail Mary. How does that apply to fantasy football playoffs here? This is, we, we hinted at this earlier. This is the Tyler Lockett rule. You need to yeah. be aware of the situation that your team is in. And if you are down by a lot and you need to throw something out there and hope it sticks, yeah. you, need to, you need to know when, when the time has come to do that. Because if you wait too long, yeah. if you go, well, let's just see. Uh, if, you, if you are in a two-week matchup and you're waiting until Monday night to start that guy of the second week, then it's probably over. But yeah. having an awareness of how your matchup is going and and knowing when it's time 
to throw yeah. in that boomer bust player is so important. I think realistically, you're probably at that point the Sunday of week two if you're in a two week matchup. Because mm-hmm. this is your, if you're still within striking distance, this is your, op- like, you have to go for it. If you're, if you just totally, like, your team just totally did not show up, we're totally asleep in week one, and you're down by, like, 100 points or whatever, mm-hmm. then I, like, I sure, you could try them. They may not be able to get you back within to striking distance, but you could try them. I think it's in that, like, probably 40 to 60 point range where you probably should be trying to throwing those guys out, seeing what they can Mm -hmm. get for you. Yep. And I think if you're not in a two week matchup, then it's just being aware of, of the quality of your team and the quality of the team and your opponent. Sometimes, sometimes you're starting your matchup behind. Yeah. If you've, if you're dealing with injuries, maybe you got off to a hot start in the season and got a big lead and, uh, and then, your team dealt with a lot of injuries, so you may be going to playoffs, but you're looking at your team knowing it's it's not solid. And if that's the case, just be honest. Chuck that chuck that Hail Mary up there. Do your best. Worst case scenario, you lose, but without a without a big bold move, you may have lost anyway. So yeah. throw it out there. Do what you can do. All right, well, that's what we have for you for your playoff matchups. You can do this. You can win. We're closing in. This is the end here. But before we head out today, let's move on to our Sunday superstars. This is where Grant and I will highlight a player from the upcoming week's action that we expect to exceed their projections. Grant, give me your Sunday superstar for week 14, last week of the regular season. Yeah. You know, give me Dontrell Hilliard. Tennessee's playing Jacksonville this week, obviously with the news of Julio coming back maybe frees up some opportunity for the running game. Um, and he's he's shown that he could be the guy um, in the first two weeks. So I think he's poised to have another big week here um, in his third week kind of as the, the main guy. Yep. I uh, I like that pick. I like that pick. This is this is the type of play I think you look for. If you are this, – this is what you would call a Hail Mary play potentially. Yeah. Like you're even throwing against, in a guy. Even against, even against New England last week or two weeks ago – 12 carries for 131 yards and a touchdown. Like you like to yep. see that out of a guy stepping into a role. Yep. Uh I'm going to I'm just going to I'm I'm throwing spaghetti at the wall at this point and just seeing what sticks. <laughs> uh give me Evan Ingram. Tight end New York Giants. They are playing the Chargers this week who, you know, maybe <laughs> maybe maybe they're they're all going to be sick. No, uh, I I think the Chargers, the Chargers defense has not been good against tight end this year, ranking 30th against opposing tight ends in terms of fantasy points allowed. Yep. Evan Ingram is one of the few healthy pass catchers. I understand Daniel Jones is out. There are there are a list of things against Evan Ingram being, you know, quarterback, yep. being in a bad offense. However, I'm willing to roll the dice on him this week. If you have Darren Waller and he is is still injured and you haven't made other arrangements if you've just kind of been streaming tight ends throughout the injury if you've got Mike Gesicki if you've got Dallas Goddard Evan Ingram is a great streaming option this week because there's just so many injured pass catchers in that offense against a team yeah. that can't really stop the tight end I I don't think it's going to be pretty he's he's coming off yeah. three straight games of five or more targets though and I think he falls into the end zone for a touchdown 
That's all you need from him. You need one catch to happen to fall into the end zone, and he makes a solid streaming option, gets you eight or more points, which I am expecting out of Evan Ingram this week at the L.A. Chargers. Plus, he's getting to leave the snow to go to Southern California to play in a dome. Come on, man. Who doesn't want to catch a touchdown in that? Well, that's what we have for you today. Thanks for swinging by the 25-yard line. Check us out on social media, on Instagram and Twitter at the 25-yard line. Shoot us an email at the 25-yard line at gmail.com with any questions, playoff matchup concerns, anything you want us to talk about as we move in. And, Grant, it has been a pleasure doing the regular season with you. We're obviously going to be here through the fantasy football playoffs, but this is is the end of the regular season. It's, It's incredible that we got here. This season uh, has gone so quick. We're nearing the end of season two of the show. So thanks for sticking with us if you're still here. And we will see you next week. Get past five hundred.